and welcome. We are back. Hey, hey, even I excited myself. I'm back and she's back. So I'm here with Gracie, my co-host, and she's orange. And uh, actually, I don't know where she is right now, but she could come out here at any minute and uh, say something. It's kind of chilly, so she probably found some warm place to sleep. So that's what we're doing here. This is the trucking podcast that other trucking podcasts listen to and then they decide what they're going to talk about so we need to put this out so they have something to say otherwise what are they going to talk about who knows so in this podcast which is unabridged we can talk about whatever we want and we're going to do just that and we also have some trucking news some automotive news and yet another reason we are not on mars do you know why we don't live on mars well there's a bunch of dumb stupid idiot people on this planet that take our money and our resources and we can't go there because we have to waste money on them it's annoying they should be sterilized but they're not and so we go on now recently we had what you could call an election there was only a short wait here i waited about two minutes to vote that day which isn't bad the longest i ever waited um for uh election would have been 2020 election and that was about 20 minutes, 21 minutes I waited in line for that. That's the longest. This time, two minutes got up there, provided an ID as required by the state of Indiana. Didn't feel like I was put upon in any way and was taken over to a voting booth. Asked if I had any questions, which I did not. And then I voted. And here in Indiana, you vote electronically on a machine, but it also prints out a paper uh, ballot next to you, which you then uh, look at before you cast your ultimate vote. There's a big red uh, vote here. It should be green, really, I think. But anyways, so you do you go through the whole ballot and then it prints it and it shows it to you and then you're like and it says, is this correct? Yes, vote yes. Okay, and so there's a paper trail here in Indiana. Couldn't be any easier to vote. Got my little sticker and went on my way. So over. I was looking up the stats and over 90% of incumbents are reelected all the time. So people complain a lot about this, that, whatever their personal thing is. You know, I'm sure you got a thing that you complain about. Mine, of course, is freedom. And so, you know, what I say is all the incumbents should be booted out no matter what party they are. And we put new people in there to get started over. But that doesn't happen. And a lot of that 10%, and it's never been more than 10%, it's usually less, a lot of that are retirements or deaths. That one person in Pennsylvania got elected, they'd been dead for a month. <laughs> That's how little the public knows about what they're voting for. They're voting for somebody who'd been dead for a month, but the ballots apparently were already up or printed or whatever, and so their name remained on there, and that person got a bunch of votes. I think they got elected, right? They'd been dead. So the public doesn't know anything about anything. It's uh, kind of sad. I wish there was some kind of test to make people vote, although I guess they voted those out a while ago. But it seems like a good idea. If you don't have any idea what you're voting for, what are you doing voting? Oh, I'm just going to press a button because some celebrity on a on a TV show told me to vote this way. so Or some news station told me to vote this way. I'm not going to do any kind of research on my own. I'm just going to vote because that's what I've been told. Or this person has more money for commercials. Because ultimately that's what it is. The bigger elections, right? It's whoever really has more money and can flood. They can just flood the airwaves, right? I mean, come on. Let's be honest about it, okay? So that's how it went here for Election Day. I hope you went and voted. Really, I don't want to hear any excuses for not voting. 
there's so many different ways to vote. They here in Indiana, you can vote a month early. They let you, they'll mail you a ballot. I mean, for God's sakes, they almost do the voting for you. It's the only thing they don't do. It's so easy, and yet so many people don't do it. I think it was way less than half the population here in Indiana went out and voted, and we get what we get. Then you get the same people put back in office, and nothing, of course, is going to change until. People do something, they flap their lips about it, but they don't really do anything about it. Lip flapping, not good, not good. Doing something, much better. So we'll see what happens in two years. I'm sure the presidential and all the other races will start the commercials almost immediately. So I can expect that to come. Trump has an announcement on November 15th, I guess. November, depending on when you listen to this, it... Uh, I think this will actually come out after November 15th, so it may have already been announced. He said it was a big announcement, huge. He didn't say what it was going to be. We anticipate that he's going to say that he's going to run again. And President Biden, who is a known truck driver, has said that he intends to seek the nomination again. So that's where we are on that. It could be a rematch. We don't know. My opinion, they're both too old to run again. Okay, that's my personal opinion of it. Uh, Biden's, what, uh, 112, and uh, Trump's getting close to that, too. I think they're both too old to run again. So uh, there you go with that. Recently, there was an airplane crash in California. I don't know if you saw this. This is part of the commemorative Air Force. A B-17 and a P-63, I think, crashed uh, midair. This was for an air show, of course. And the reason I bring this up is because the commemorative Air Force, a few years ago, maybe four or five years ago now, was in Illinois, and the wife and I went over there to see them, and that B-17, I went through it. I got to believe it's the same one, because how many of them are left lying? All right, and when it was on the ground, they let everybody walk through it and see what the story was, how it was in World War II, and I'll tell you what, for uh, considering we won wars with this thing, um, it's small in there. It's small. You had to climb up a ladder, so the wife wasn't able to get in it. But I went through it. I walked through there, and it is small. Okay, it is small inside, especially just compared to civilian aircraft today. There is no room at all in that thing. But I went through it, and it's sad that it crashed. There, are, I don't know how many are left, a hundred or less. Certainly, ones that are capable of flying still. This thing's. The one they had, you know, is 70 years old at that time, um, you know, nearly 80 years old. So uh, I feel bad. I think six uh, people died in that, and that's terrible. But I went through that plane a number of years ago. It was really something, and I'm glad I got the opportunity to go through it. These kind of things are terrible, but uh, this kind of stuff happens. It's not something like, oh, well, it just happened, so who cares? But these are always the risks of flying these planes that are this kind of old. It just how it is and these people flying them are not you know just anybody most of them because they were there and we met them they're military pilots former military pilots and they're just out there flying these planes as volunteers sad day out there in california let's talk about uh, truck safety here there's a little survey put out recently about safety in the trucking industry and truck drivers had some solutions to this apparently many truck drivers have been subject to harassing comments <whistles> unwanted touching and even threats of violence hey and let me touch you okay so truck drivers said look they should enhance safety of the trucking trucking facilities provide additional parking of course that's what everybody says allow firearm carry okay improve communication within the trucking industry i don't know what that means maybe truck drivers could uh, get on the grammarly provide personal safety training okay and develop educational materials to increase awareness
You know, part of this, part of it, although you should never be subject to, you know, violence or anything like that, part of it is people's own fault. I see this all the time. Now, look, I'm not saying I'm some kind of Bruce Lee or whatever, Mark. What are you, some kind of safety expert? No, but I'll tell you this. I am very aware of my surroundings, and that is people's problems. They're always forever looking at their stupid phone. That phone, if you're walking across the parking lot or the truck stop or anywhere, that thing should be in your pocket. You do not see me walking in front of trucks where I'm three inches in front of the grills of trucks because somebody can pop out from between those trucks. I'm always several steps out because what? It's going to take somebody that's going to pop out of there several steps to get to me. I'm going to see it and we're going to be facing. They're not going to sneak up on me. I watch shadows. You know, I'm always looking around because I don't trust anybody. People are way too trusting of other people. You know, when somebody... If we're both, somebody's coming out of the truck stop and I'm coming in, you know, I'm looking at them. Okay, so if you see me, I may be watching you. I'm looking right at you. I'm watching your hands. I'm trying to see what you're doing. And I might step over a couple steps. So again, we're a couple steps apart. And if you're going to try to grab me, not that anybody would grab me, believe me, they'd probably just, you know, turn their head away from me. But if it would happen, right, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm always ready out there so it's going to be a problem and criminals are always looking for an easy victim they don't want you to look at them they don't want you to see them you know they don't want to be you to be ready so something like that personal safety and that's for men or women do not walk in between the trucks okay this happens all the time go out and go down the row and come around the side of the trucks do when you're in between the trucks you, there's nowhere for you to go okay you need always leave yourself an out kind of the smith system of safety you know so they that's what's needed your own personal safety be ready and don't trust anybody everyone that walks around outside where you are is a threat okay until they're not so always assume everybody is a threat and be ready for everyone no matter if you're in the truck stop if you're walking outside the truck stop anywhere everybody is a potential problem and so and people say well mark that's not a good way to go through life okay you know it's may staring at people all right so they so they don't like it they're uncomfortable they may think it's rude i don't care okay be rude uh, make people uncomfortable and get home safe okay live through the day so if you don't like it that's too bad oh he's rude uh, all right you know too bad too bad i'm watching you because I want to know what you're going to do. Are you just walking back to your truck? Are you a problem? What's going on? You know, I want to know what's happening. I'm always looking around. And people may not like it, but uh, I'll tell you what. If you're coming at me, it's going to be face-to-face. -face, you know, or you're not going to sneak up on me because I'm ready for you. Now, is that, well, Mark, somebody could sneak up on you. I guess they could. They could, but I'm not staring at my phone, walking across the parking lot, not paying attention to anything and think everything is okay and, you know, singing kumbaya all day. I don't I don't buy that. You know, everybody's not your friend. No one is your friend. And everybody is a potential enemy. Everybody is a potential threat. So be aware and be safe and get home. So drivers are thinking uh, that they need to provide more lighting. Okay, all right, I guess so, right? That would help. You should have a flashlight with you at night. Provide safe and well-lit sidewalks between the parking lot, okay, and would deter aggressors. I don't know about that. Some people are just bad. Restrooms should be closer to parking entrances, I suppose. You know, I wouldn't if it was some kind of secluded place, I wouldn't go in the bathrooms there. For presence of safety, safety patrol and law enforcement, they don't have time to be 
you know, patrolling through there. Part of safety is protecting yourself. We used to be a country like that where, you know, you didn't mess with anybody and nobody messed with anybody, but that doesn't happen anymore. So provide additional parking, shortage of truck parking lots, and so drivers park. They resort to parking their trucks in abandoned lots, putting them at increased risk. I would not park in an abandoned lot, <laughs> right? It's just as simple as that. Because hear this thing about safety too. Besides which, I like to park the trucks up so I can get my breakfast and the shower and stuff. I'm not parking in a abandoned lot. It's just unsafe. I see it here sometimes. The mall here, which is closed at night. Uh, if I go by there, sometimes there's trucks parking there. Sometimes there's one truck. I'm like, okay. I'm like, that's super unsafe. Uh, you know, so I would just wouldn't do it. Mark, there's nowhere to park. I'm telling you, I park three hours away before I'd park in an abandoned lot, or I would go somewhere and call the company to say, there's no parking, what do you want me to do? Because I'm not gonna sit here. Put it on them. Your safety is the primary importance that you get home safe. This is another one of these things. Well, we have to park there. I don't park in abandoned lots. I never parked in an abandoned lot, okay? I didn't, I park at truck stops. If I have to park at 4 p.m., then I have, then that's what has to happen and the, your hours are off and it makes it their problem. And suddenly, the company starts dispatching you in a way that is more productive for their truck. Okay, so uh, existing facilities need to be expanded. All right, allow firearm carry. All right, maybe. You know, uh, certainly firearm carry, Second Amendment, I can go along with that. It just, I picture Billy Joe Bob shooting up the bathroom. So uh, it says, Trucking company policies do not allow truck drivers to carry firearms. That's true. That's here. And almost every company truck that I've ever heard of or company, if it's of any size, says absolutely no weapons of any kind, including firearms. And since it's their truck, they can say uh, no weapons at work. Okay. So the Supreme Court ruled the, um, that one guy brought a gun to work. Remember this? And he was actually a truck driver. He left it in his car in the parking lot. And I don't know how they found out about it, but they fired him for it and he sued him and that he won because um, the company, uh, the Supreme Court said, no, you can't determine what they bring in their car, but you can determine if they bring it into work. So uh, beyond the car, no. All right. Many shippers and receivers prohibit firearms from the property. We're at private property. We're going to go back to that and say, yes, that's okay. Uh, state laws vary on carrying, and I know people are going to write to me. There's always a few experts on these uh, carrying across state lines. And if look, if you got the laws down and your company allows it, I'm all for it. So, truck driver suggestion a regulation that prohibits carriers from barring uh, drivers from employees from carrying legally on firearms and barring shippers and receivers from prohibiting them. So, what's going to happen is you're going to have people on the dock all strapped up. So, and you know, when do you, when do we do that? If people would just be more aware of what they're doing, you wouldn't necessarily need a firearm. And if somebody else has a firearm, they can just shoot you. So what are you going to do about that? Have a shootout like the old West? I don't think so. Be more aware of where, of what's going on. Put down your phone. Some suggest a national concealed carry reciprocity. Of course, you shouldn't need a permit to carry. The Constitution doesn't allow for a permit. Improve communication. I like to know what that means. Trucking companies, dispatchers, and customers need to communicate to choose a travel plan that is as efficient and safe as possible. Delays and conflicts of shippers force truck drivers to park in unsafe locations. Again, again, do not park in an unsafe location. Call the carrier and say, look, uh, I was supposed to get out of here at 5 p.m. and now it's 8 or 9 and I'm not going to be able to park. What do you want me to do? And if they say figure it out, I'm like, you figure it out because there's no safe place to park. So I need to go somewhere safe to park and write it out. Put it in writing. All right. 
in writing to them. Where, what safe location would you like me to park? Put everything back on the company. Provide personal safety training. Look, I just gave you personal safety training. Be aware of your surroundings. That's the number one thing that people are not aware. Criminals are looking for an easy target. So if you are three to five steps away from the front of the trucks, they're not gonna, they can't just reach out and grab you, drag you in between the trucks, okay? It's a few steps and you're like, whoa, what's going on? And then you're, now we're face to face. Now we got a problem, right? Now, training on how truck drivers can maintain personal security is lacking. This is just simple stuff. A large uh, portion of respondents indicated they never received any type of training. <laughs> because if a company trains you on this kind of stuff, I think they're going to feel like they have some kind of liability where something's still going to happen to you and you're going to say, well, I wasn't trained enough. They gave me inadequate training. So if they go, look, we leave that up to the individual then they have less of a liability problem. That's my non-lawyer opinion of it. You know, drug drivers could benefit from safety, security, and protection, personal safety. Okay, right. But send a security guard. Okay. So uh, they want bi-yearly training. That's not going to happen. Uh, develop educational material. CSA. I guess you could hand stuff out. Um, how to report a crime. Do you know how to report a crime? Call the police. And then they won't come out, of course. They'll be like, we're too busy uh, doing other things. So I don't know what uh, any of that is going to do. But I thought it was pretty interesting that drivers were actually thinking about that kind of stuff, if nothing else, on this kind of personal security front. But how many how many times do you walk in between the trucks? And, and I don't care if the weather's bad, like it's going to be getting colder this week. I don't care if it's snowing. Don't go in between the trucks ever. Always step out. Always be a few steps out. Always be out in the open. Always be where somebody has to come up to you, where you'll see them coming up to you, you know, so that they can't just grab you. That's always the thing. That's element of surprise. You have to take the element of surprise away from people. And they'll be quite, um, you know, reluctant to do anything to you. There's other easier targets. So that's one thing that everybody could start doing immediately. I told you this was going to happen, and I'm right, and you're welcome. So... What the heck am I talking about? CRST and Sierra England settled a non-compete case for how much? Two million. Get this. Sit back. Listen to this. We talked a while ago on the YouTube channel about CRST having and other a lot, a lot of large other companies, including Sierra England. They have these non-competes. So what I always encourage new people, do not sign these. So you go to this school. They put you through school. And then you have to sign a non-compete clause, meaning, which I personally think of are not legal, even though I'm not a lawyer. So what you do, you sign up, right, Gracie? She came out here. You have to sign this and says, until you pay them back, if you quit before your time, nine months, one year, whatever it is, you and then you would owe them, you know, however many thousands of dollars, whatever the contract says, $6,000, $10,000, whatever it is. Until you pay them that money, you cannot work for any other trucking company and you can't open your own trucking company, meaning you can't buy a truck. Okay, you can't compete against them in the industry. Okay, and I'm like, no way. That's that's uh, indentured servitude, okay? It's not allowed. And they got sued over it. There's thousands and thousands of people. And these companies, CRST is accused of keeping, be the, basically the ringleader. Where it kept track of all this. And if you went to work for a company, whatever company you went to work for, they would call CRST and see if you're on the list of owing any one of these companies money. And if you did, the place won't hire you wherever you're trying to apply until you pay them off. Okay. And I personally think that's illegal. Right? 
Well, guess what? CRST. No hire agreement so that all these companies agree not to hire anybody else on their contract, even if. not allowed okay now in the time limit there's no time limit the no hire Because the non-compete clauses prohibit former drivers from working as independent contractors also. They prevent competition, and the federal government set in its settlement. And by the way, Western has already settled their part of it for $1.4 million. So we're at $3.4 million for this already from several companies. These things are not legal. And look, people, stop signing them. Stop signing up for this. You do not realize what you're getting yourself into. You're getting yourself into a lifetime of not being able to work in trucking because some companies, certainly in my opinion, the letters I get from these carriers that do this are they're terrible. So you'll go out and you'll make 400, 600. I get these all the time still. Mark, I'm making $500 a week. What am I supposed to do? I don't know. I don't know because these places inspiring and it's tough for you to get a job somewhere. Okay, it really is. They bring in the industry under false pretenses, get all this government grant money for training you because they're getting paid off the government too. Then try to collect from you. When you won't pay it, they just they write you off and the lawsuit says, although not proven, no one's admitted anything, that CRST kept CRST, that's what's alleged in the lawsuit, okay? Nobody admits anything. And that CRST would write that down. And so then you quit company B and you go to want to go to work for company D somewhere else. Well, they would <laughs> contact CRST to see if you're on the list. Uh, if that is not uh, anti-competitive, I don't know what is. None of them. And CRST, you know, I assume charges some kind of fee for that, you know, uh, to make money. I don't know. But I can't imagine how they, why they would do it like that without getting a fee. But regardless of that, that is the uh, that is what has been said. And so now, of course, they don't admit anything, but they're going to pay, you know, one point two million dollars, even though we didn't do anything wrong again. It's like every day, every day, every day, every day, every day. These companies have these 
settlements. Let's settle for here's a million, here's two million, throwing money around. And they're griping about, oh, we can't make any money. How about just treat people better? How about don't treat people like pieces of trash and garbage that are just to be used and discarded? Did you ever consider that? Okay. England makes this big deal about being a big family-owned company. Oh, what a bunch of crap. What a bunch of crap. Okay, CRST doesn't at least make any deals like that. You know, like, we're a big family company. You treat like family. No. When you go in a room to truck school at CRST and there are four beds and no TV and you have lights out, okay, and a, and a room monitor where they search your room when you're in truck school, all right, that isn't exactly a family company. <laughs> right? And there are videos on YouTube about how this stuff works. So, uh, not from me, by the way, but people have posted that kind of stuff. So, don't believe all this family stuff. And remember, no matter where you work, no matter where you work, I don't care if you're in trucking. I don't care if you're a doctor. Uh, hold on, I don't know how many doctors listen. I don't care what you're doing. Work is not family. Okay? Work is not family. It is work. You are there to make money and go home to your family. Family is not at work. Christmas, are all your work uh, bosses going to be there? No. Do you think I will be contacted by the big boss of the company I work for? No. Okay. Are they going to send me a Christmas card? No. Okay. And I'll tell you why. Because they always put out, and it should come out here in a couple of weeks probably, a big letter about Christmas. It says, uh, you know, people of all faiths live in the country. It's the same letter every year. And uh, don't tr try not to offend people, you know, because they're all just the stupid corporate crap left crap garbage and so don't offend people and so uh, you know it's just holiday time and all that so what a bunch of garbage right whatever you can say to me whatever you want if whatever you believe that's fine with me you're welcome to believe it and uh you know it doesn't like offend me by it so we have to stop being hurt by words if somebody says uh happy hanukkah to me maybe they're jewish okay so i'm like all right well, shalom right so whatever you want to believe is okay with me and that's how that's how it used to be here, right? You can believe whatever you want. It's the pushing of it on somebody else. That's the problem. Kind of like their letter. Where, oh, we're going to don't offend anybody. So they will not be here at Christmas. And you shouldn't take to the fact that your company is family. Because look what they're doing to you. Okay, this is your family stabbing you in the back. They're not family. Don't friend them on social medias. Don't do anything with them. And don't trust a company any further than you can throw them. Are you ready for some more? We still have some more trucking news. Did you see this FedEx Freight? Have you ever heard of them? Maybe you've heard of the place. They're going to start furloughing drivers before Christmas. They didn't say how many, and it'll be at different terminals. One will be at one place because of weakening freight demand. What do you think about them apples? That's not a great sign. Usually this is a big hiring time, and I've been looking through the... Uh, uh, want ads, as they used to call them, in Indianapolis. And I'm not seeing the ads I usually see at Christmas time for UPS. I'm seeing some where you deliver packages in your car, which is a $25 an hour and 62 cents a mile, if you don't mind making 200 stops a day in your car. But uh, used to see 30 to $35 an hour for seasonal tractor trailer drivers, and I'm not seeing that this year from them. But FedEx Freight has announced furloughs for drivers that will last at least 90 days so you'll be furloughed in december and not come back until basically spring because they think that it's going to be very weak and that's not great news for trucking i'll tell you that 
especially if you're one of the furloughed people, although they are going to keep your health insurance going. And the FMCSA, we talked about this too. A single truck driver, right, like a solo driver, put in a request to be exempted from the hours of service, which I thought was really clever, but it was denied. And I figured it would be because one of the things that you have to put with any request for an exemption is that the exemption will not impact safety and it will have at least the same amount of safety or a better amount of safety. It will contribute to safer operation because of the exemption. You have to show how that is, how this exemption will uh, keep you safer. Okay, and he wanted exemption from 14 hours, 10 hours, 70 hours, 8 hours, all the hours. He wanted a complete exemption. He said, look, he's been driving, I don't know what it said, 30 years, 25 years. He's never had an accident. And, uh, you know, although presumably that's under the hours of service. So since he hasn't had an accident under hours of service and he wants an exemption from them, he would have had to have shown in the request for exemption how by getting an exemption, it will improve or at least remain the same level of safety. And he didn't show that. He just basically said, look, I've been safe, so I'm going to keep being safe. And although there may be something to that, to get an exemption, you have to show like because of this, this is what I'm going to do. And this is how safety will be maintained or improved. And he didn't do that. And so he got denied. Duh. Now there is another person who followed up in this person's footsteps and also requested an exemption and theirs will also likely be denied. The FMCSA, believe me, it's not going to give an individual truck driver an exemption. You'd really have to put out there how you're going to be safer by working more. And, uh, you know, every study shows that at around 50 hours a week, that's about where the studies are, safety goes down. And that's not just in trucking, that's in any field. And so and also a split schedule or a schedule that is not the same safety uh, goes down. I talked about this a few times, this company, and I still think it was in Arkansas, they had operations and they would just have people come in at random times. So you'd basically get 10 or 11 hours off and they have you come back in. Well, they split them up. They did a study. They put some of the drivers to continue that. And some drivers were put on a schedule where you start at the same time every day, no matter when you get back. So if you got back at 5 p.m., you still start at 10 in the morning. If you got back at 7 p.m., you start at 10 in the morning. And the people on the schedule, they had a huge reduction in accidents, like 80-something percent, a huge amount of reduction. So the less hours that you work, the safer you are, and the schedule, the safer you are. And this driver, if he could have proven something like that, said, well, look, I have a schedule, so I'm going to maintain that schedule, and so the safety will be the same or whatever. That might have been one thing. But to just say, I've been safe, I'm going to be safe, no, FMCSA said a no thank you to that. Mini, which is owned by BMW, is going to have a driving school in California if you want to learn how to drive a manual transmission. It says, or if you just feel like your senses have been dulled over the years of driving an automatic. Because so many cars today come with automatics. And uh, can you not find somebody to help teach you to drive it? I don't know about that. But either way, go run a car on Turo to learn how to drive it, how to drive a manual. But they think it's going to be around $1,000 for the one-day course. And you'll learn how to shift and upshift and everything. So, heck, for $750, I'll teach you how to drive a manual. You supply the car. So we will do it. That I'll save you some money. You don't have to go to California. <laughs> All right. But either way, they're going to 
try to get people to buy manual shifted minis, which uh, at least that's something. There should be some manual cars, and I think everybody listening should be able to drive a manual, including truck drivers, because you never know when that will help you. If you have the opportunity to drive a manual at truck school, you should take that opportunity and take it. Now, I know a lot of truck schools only have automatics, so I get that, but if you get a choice, which some people have said, well, you know, I had a choice, Mark, but I didn't think anything about it. Go take the manual because it transfers over. Anybody can drive the automatic one. So always improve your skills to put that, I guess, kind of on your resume, as they would say that, yes, I can also drive a stick shifted one. It'll just leave some more opportunities open. I Do I think you can't drive a truck if you don't drive a manual? No, I don't think so. I think there are plenty of jobs available to you, but I think there'll be more jobs available to you if you can drive a manual. I just thought, you know what, for a thousand bucks, plus you got to get yourself to California, that seems like a lot of money. It seems like you could hire somebody in your local area. Heck, if you didn't want to uh, just hire your goofy friend Jethro that's got a manual, you know, a 1974 Chevy Stepside with a manual in it, you should be able to find somebody for a couple of hundred bucks in your area, even if you want to go to a, to a driving school and hire that person to teach you to drive it for a day or something rather than the thousand dollars at the mini driving school so thousand bucks i don't know i don't know rivian okay is back in the news did you hear about this this is what i've always said about semis this is how this relates back everything from trucking relates back so rivian pickup trucks if you've never seen one go pause this go look at a picture of the front of it and then come back okay the r1t pickup truck it has headlights that are kind of inset, you know, halfway between the edge of the truck and the middle of the truck. And they're sort of recessed into the front of the truck and they're vertical, which is okay. I mean, we used to have stacked lights. I had stacked lights on a Chrysler Cordoba, okay, which had rich Corinthian leather. This is so rich. You can sit in it. Okay, that is the uh, exact impersonation of Ricardo Montalban. The plane, the plane. Okay, so... And it had stacked headlights, and um, this one has lights that are up and down. Well, they're LED, as you can imagine. Many new cars have LEDs, along with Cascadia's and many other trucks have LED headlights. Well, the Rivian lights are packing full of snow. <laughs> so because of this, the uh, truck might be recalled. So that's pretty awesome uh, because people can't see anything in the wintertime. So I love that. So uh, go check out the front of that thing. And it's LED headlights. And I will tell you, the other day when I got to the truck stop, apparently some people had gone through some snow. And I noticed a number of trucks coming in that were, their headlights were covered with snow. And mine will be the same way. I hadn't gone through snow that day because coming from one direction, they must have come the other way. But my Cascadia with LED headlights, yeah, they're great in the summer. In the wintertime, they're not heated like they should be. Volvo heats them. A lot of companies heat them, but uh, Volvo heats them on their cars. Why they don't heat them on a truck is just beyond me. They should have the little wipers like Mercedes had and Volvos and heat them and have washers, everything. But nobody does it, and so we can't see anything. Brilliant. Same with the heated wipers, all that kind of stuff. Why that stuff's not on, we rant about this every year, every winter time, and nothing ever changes because the, the companies really don't care. When I say the company, I don't just mean the companies that make the trucks. I mean, it's the companies that own the trucks, the carriers, because if they cared anything about safety, if they really cared, oh, we are the safest 
most safest, bestest safe company, and we care. We would do anything for safety. Well, we put heated wipers on the truck. Well, we won't do that. We would do anything for safety, but we won't do that. Right? The little things that they could do, they won't do. That's easy to retrofit or order and stuff like that. They won't do. They just go be safe. Go. They go out there and be safe, but they don't give you all the tools you need to be safe. So that'd be the first thing I would tell an attorney in an accident. If a truck hit me or anything like that, is did that truck have heated wipers? Did the truck have, uh, you know, something to clean the headlights where it's available? Did the company do everything that it could do? You know, tell that to the hammer. Did they do everything they could do? Check that out to make the truck safe. Or did they skimp? Because I think that would go great in front of a jury if you got hit by a truck, as I would say. And they bought this hundred and some thousand dollar truck, but they refused to pay $129 for heated wipers. So therefore the driver couldn't see and was more likely to have an accident. And it's because the company's negligence and penny pinching. So the CEO can make millions of dollars. What do you think a jury's going to think about that? They're going to believe me. They are. They exactly are. And that's what companies get when they cheap out and they deserve, they deserve what they get for it. Well, now we head off to Florida, where we find a gentleman, and I use that word loosely, sitting in his basement cinder block apartment, watching Sally Jesse Raphael, wondering what he's going to do with himself for the rest of the day. Because, of course, he doesn't work, so he has his days free for leisure activities. And he's sitting there, and on his folding card table, that he has uh, where he has his TV perched with its wonky leg. He's looking through a wallet that he has procured illegally from another person. And he's like, boy, you know what? I think I could take this and do something with it. Perhaps I could go to the store and buy a gaming console like a PS5. So he says, you know what? Sally's got 12 more minutes. We're going to see how this ends. And then we're going to get the heck out of here. So he takes his wallet at 2 p.m. and his, uh, you know, whatever he takes with him, probably a cell phone provided by his girlfriend because he doesn't have any credit. And he heads to the store, probably, I don't know, I was going to say GameStop, but I don't think that it really said where it was. So he goes and gets a PS5. Aren't they like 700 bucks or something? They're expensive, right? I don't have one. All right. So uh, he gets it and goes to the counter. But... He provides a credit card, which is declined. And he's like, oh, this, how can this happen? They go, well, hang on. Let's just check out, you know, give us some ID here so we can see what the problem is. And, uh, you know, we'll see. Okay. So he gives the ID that's in the wallet. Well, I don't know if you know this. Um, and I, I didn't know it. Uh, if you just grab someone's random wallet on the street, there is a good chance that the person in the wallet doesn't look like you. I don't know. I don't see. I'm just I'm just a truck driver. I don't know these things. I haven't been to college like this person has. Well, they look at the ID and it turns out the person standing in front of them. See, I forgot to mention this. They have a tattoo on their face. Okay, and what I always say, if you have a tattoo above the neck or higher, you are a criminal, right? Because that's probably where you got it. His tattoo is the Bentley logo, Bentley Automobiles. Now, if you don't know it, it is a B with wings on it. And the article says that it takes up, quote, half his face, unquote. All right. So, and since you have half a face still 
available, what are you going to do on that side? Are you going to tattoo a shark on that side? And I wish, I really wish there was a picture of this person for me to see. So I have to just draw this in my head. Now, being a Bentley automotive fan, I can picture that easily. And a shark, we can do do-do-do-do-do-do the baby shark. We'll put that on that side. And uh, baby shark, do-do-do-do-do-do. And that's the one on the other side. And the picture they had, I guess, of the person on their driver's license didn't exactly match this person. It's kind of a unique look. You know, if you're going for the unique look of, you know, a half a face Bentley tattoo, um, you may want to think through using someone else's identification as your own because that tattoo would be in the picture on that picture as well. So they go, oh, okay, hang on. Let me take this to the manager and uh, we'll get this all straightened out. And he's like, yeah, cool, whatever, bro. Bruh. Isn't that what people say today? Well, he goes, but he calls the police. Can you believe it? And they come over and arrest him. And, and here's another thing that's going to shock you. This person has an outstanding warrant. <laughs> Did you know that? I had no You would think this person had just come from surgery where they're the surgeon. But no, it turns out they also have a warrant and they're being arrested for this which is uh, ID theft, basically. So, and improper use of a credit card, stolen credit cards, all that kind of stuff. Awesome. But uh, the other thing is, this person, you know, how, how long are we going to support this person, would you say? Probably their whole life. You know, I got to believe there's other arrests. You see people like this, and I see these on these crime shows and stuff all the time, they'll have 40, 50 arrests by the end of their life, 100 arrests. And how many other crimes do they commit that they never get tagged for? So this just wastes our money. And this person is basically a waste of life. And I know people are going to say, Mark, they could change their ways. They could, but they don't, do they? <laughs> okay. That's why I always say third strike, right? You're not, you're not getting back out. You've had your opportunities to change your life and you choose not to. So fine. If you want to tattoo your face with a shark and a Bentley logo, it may be difficult for you to find a job. All right, so you're going to have to work at a place like teleservices where you're doing phone work or something like that, which there still could be. I suppose you could drive a truck or other things. We have people with tattoos. I don't know anybody with a face tattoo, though, so nothing above the neck. Either way, I know a guy that's only got a thumb and his pinky finger, so he's driving. So The Bentley tattoo guy goes to prison, and I have to provide cheese sandwiches, and so do you for him, and uh, peanut butter sandwiches or whatever they give him on dry bread and pumpernickel bread, and it's just... A disappointment that I'm going to provide this guy a lifetime of food and free medical care. Free medical. Remember, January 1st, your medical probably goes up at your company. Most places do. Every beginning of each year, we're having an open enrollment here. Like most places are at this time of year, look for your open enrollment to see what your prices are going to be. But it goes up. And so I got to spend more money. And this person just gets away with likely a slap on the wrist or a year or two in jail. He's not going to get life like he should. It's very disappointing. And it's yet another reason I can't live on Mars. You know, all this peanut butter money could be going to Mars. Cheese slices and all that. But no, no. It goes for tattoo guy in prison. He'll probably get another tattoo. Although it didn't say how much of his face was left. There's probably some other part of him left that you could tattoo. So maybe the back of his head. I've seen those on some people. I'm disappointed in it and saddened by it. So, and I hope you've not been too saddened by it. And uh, so it is time to head out of here with this podcast for Gracie. I am Mark and Trucking Answers, and we will be back soon with yet another podcast.